Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Thank you for joining us on EZ's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Today is the last day of Mental Health Awareness Month. Tomorrow is the beginning of hurricane season, and we are still dealing with COVID-19, the physical, mental, and financial effects of the pandemic and the lockdown. There are not very many organizations that can handle all of the above, but the American Red Cross has it covered. And I'm happy to welcome the Chief Executive Officer of the Southeast Florida Region, Joanne Nowlin. Thank you for being here. Hi, Ellen. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked. And, you know, we are so accustomed to the Red Cross being on site, providing relief in every kind of natural disaster. But this is the first time in our lifetime that we've faced a global pandemic like this. How has the Red Cross been responding to COVID-19? Yeah, thanks, Ellen, for that question. And so interestingly, Red Cross has had to face some pandemics before, not at this level. But if you think back to Ebola and Zika and SARS, so we did at least have an understanding of of what could happen and what those needs would be in our community. So we are continuing around the world, close to home, of helping our communities cope with this pandemic. And We need to, and we are continuing to respond to these disasters, large and small, whether it's tornadoes up in the Tennessee area or or home fires that happen every day in South Florida. I saw statistics that said there are more home fires than there were before the pandemic. What is that about? Yes, we believe it's because people are simply home more and they're not going out to dinner. So they're cooking more, which can be a leading cause of home fires. And so you just have more presence at home and accidents can happen. Disasters can happen. We've even seen it with an increase in childhood drownings over the last couple months. So it's increased and it's made these more challenges for our families who are already facing difficult times. Now, you yourself as an organization with people, individuals who are employees and volunteers, who are also trying to be careful about COVID-19, how are you able to change things up so you can respond and respond safely? The first thing we did is we looked at how do we keep our workforce safe? And our workforce is 90% volunteers. And so we looked at our protocols. And I think the Red Cross is has always been sort of the opposite of social distancing, right? We're, we're running there with a hug. Right. And we realized that we needed to find a way to serve our mission, to meet the needs of our families and clients in the community, but without putting anybody at risk. So we have been able to find new ways to do that. You know, we just practice some social distancing, doing more things virtual. We have the advantage. There's, there's new technology that we all have over the past few years that we've been able to use And sometimes it's just over the phone, right? Right. Talking someone over the phone and getting them resources. We definitely had to be innovative and creative. 
And I think just like like everybody has in this COVID environment. You're doing more virtual services? We are. In fact, when there, we had tornadoes just to, gosh, Easter weekend, we had all those tornadoes in the southern states. We were able to provide services, financial assistance, damage assessment, mental health, spiritual care, all virtually. Wow. Which normally we would have flown our, our volunteers there on site, present, but it's like so many forced us to look at other ways that we can still provide the mission. And that's what has kept us our eye on it. How do we provide mission? We're going to have to do things differently and safer. And we've been really pleased. It's a, a, a challenge and it's an experiment. And with a lot of thought and planning, it's working. So you can actually do a damage assessment on Skype or on Facebook or a Teams mm -hmm. kind of thing? Yeah. We use uh, the, the homeowner could take a picture of their home. We can do some confirmation. We can look at the photo online and, and determine how much damage was there. Uh, we can send able to send funds their way. We have some presence but that we're very careful. We, our volunteers, our workforce, they wear masks, they wear gloves, they keep the distance, they're sanitizing. So when we have to, we're present, but we're finding as many ways to limit that physical interaction. Okay, so obviously you need support to be able to make these changes. And I've mentioned this with just about every nonprofit I've spoken to, that donations have been more difficult to get because of cancellations of fundraisers. So how are you doing in terms of donations and volunteering when people are afraid to go out to volunteer? Yeah, a, a great question. So we have some, some good news and some bad news. So the bad news is we had two very big balls, one in Miami and one in Palm Beach, the, our international balls. And both of them, we had to cancel. They just, it was, there was no way we could host them. But here's the good side, and this is what we get to see, the humanity. So many of those donors who were going to support the ball said, keep the funds. Use it now. We know you need it. We believe in the Red Cross. And so that was a help. We still didn't make what we had hoped to make. And uh, we've had some individuals and corporations and foundations step up. Um, I, I, we had an amazing gift from Hard Rock International gave us a gift of $250,000 wow. to support, right? To support that because they trust us because we know we, we can make that impact and respond to the needs throughout the community. And what about supplies? I mean, we're always after any kind of natural disaster, we have all of these supply drives where, you know, in this case, we'd want to be getting masks and sanitizing products and that sort of thing. How are you doing with supplies for your staff and the kind of things that you would normally distribute? Yeah. So one of the most important things was having masks for one for, for the Red Cross regions that collect blood. We don't collect blood in South Florida, but a lot of the Red Cross chapters across the country do. They needed, they needed masks. And so we diverted masks that we had to those Red Crosses. We were able to meet their needs. Then we had um, our friends from Southern Glazers. They had a shipment 
of 30,000 KN95 masks, the masks that were really in demand. And they called us and they said, can you help distribute them? Wow. You know who needs them in the community. And so we were able to partner with our emergency managers, with county hospitals, but also the small local health clinics that desperately needed them and weren't able to secure them. And so I think like any disaster, people come together. They rise to the occasion. How can we help each other? What partnerships can we create? What do you have? Okay, we have the contacts. We can help. And it's everyone just trying to help people get through this. What kind of calls have you gotten? I know after a hurricane, you get calls from people whose homes have been damaged. They may need somewhere to stay for a few days or uh, assistance repairing their homes. How are the calls different with the pandemic? Yeah, we're getting a lot of folks who are struggling with with the mental health challenges. Hmm. One of our programs, we help members of the military and veterans. And they are struggling. And so we have set up a lot of our programs now online to help them with coping and their resiliency. Uh, One of the programs that we just opened, we've had a great response. It's it's all free. It's a virtual family assistance center. And it's a really difficult time for all of us, but especially for those who's lost someone. And now they they can't even have that regular grieving process of getting together with families and having a funeral. So we now have, it's completely free online or through the phone. It's on our our redcross.org website to help families who are struggling. Virtual teams, mental health, spiritual care, health care, all licensed clinical trained volunteers connecting to the local resources, whether it's faith-based, anything that we can help and with resources or online classes to help these families going through a very difficult time. That's even a whole different aspect of the mental health effect. You know, you hear about so many people who are struggling just because of the lockdown without having even lost someone how much of a toll it's taken and the increase in substance abuse and in suicides. And then you take, like you said, you're working with the veterans who are already struggling with post-traumatic stress and dealing with making that transition from being in the military to being a civilian and finding work. And now we have all these people who are out of work. Are you getting requests for financial aid? We are, and because we're fortunate, Red Cross, we have relationships with partners across the county. And so people are, for the first time they're in need, they don't know who to call. So they call the Red Cross. And while if we can't help them, we're going to help them and guide them on that road to recovery of who can help them. What are the different resources? You know, because these are people who have been, they've been making it. They've always been able to make it. Now, all of a sudden, they can't. Right. And that is where we're seeing partnerships. We're all working together because one organization can't take care of all of them. Right. But if we could listen to them, help them, and help them create a plan, they have a much better chance of, of thriving. 
So how do they contact you if if someone needs assistance, whether it's making a plan or just needing someone to talk to or signing up for one of your virtual classes or a grief seminar? What's the best way to make that contact? Two simple ways. There's redcross.org, all kinds of good information there, or 1-800-RED-CROSS. Oh, that's easy. Okay. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> you know, do you need to go to the local site, Southeast Florida region, for local services, or can the national number direct you to the right place? We're all one network, and they will connect you with the local support. So if you go to redcross.org, you can put in your zip code, and then it will put you right to that local, the local resources. So 1-800-RED-CROSS and redcross.org. Can you give us some specifics about the support you're offering specifically for COVID? Yeah, so we are working to make sure that we're continuing to provide services during COVID. Emergencies don't stop. Disasters don't stop. We had wildfires throughout Collier County and families needed a place to go. They evacuated. They closed 75. We had homes that burned down. And so for us, we have had to find ways and invest in resources so that we can continue to provide resources to those families during COVID. We have throughout the country really meeting the various needs of the community. LA is partnering to help feed the school children. New York They're working with the healthcare workers to provide them resources. So what we're finding is it's really what's the need in that community? And we're finding the need here is a mental health need. And it's also responding to emergencies that happen every single day, big or small. We're there during a COVID environment able to meet the needs of our community. Now, you work with all of these organizations nationwide, also globally, locally, who are your go-to partners? You know, in the government, we work really closely with our county partners, our emergency managers, the mayors and the city commissioners and county commissioners. Those are really critical to, to reaching all the communities, making sure there's we don't have any unmet needs. For our other partners, we've worked United Ways throughout the region, Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, but then there's a lot of small clinics that are there to help us if a client shows up and has perhaps needs a prescription filled, uh, has a diabetes and needs some assistance, there, wherever that local community is, we reach out to them and they're able to help us. Okay, so it's a combination of you helping directly and connecting people with the other organizations or facilities that can help them directly. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So, you know, of course, Red Cross is one of the first groups that we think of when it comes to hurricane season. (laughs) And, you know, it's like we had a head start already. We've already had our first two named storms even before the start of hurricane season. And I imagine the planning has to be different in light of COVID, both in the response and the way we should be planning as individuals. So let's start with what's your plans for response in the event of a hurricane here uh, and the ways that you will work around COVID-19 to support our residents? Sure. So definitely getting prepared 
for hurricane season. I'm glad you're asking about that. It is going to look a little bit different than in other years. And we're encouraging folks to start making those preparations now and consider the coronavirus situation as you do this. We're having some early reports that it's going to be a busy year. So as we can all do our part to be ready, not just for hurricane, for for any disaster that may come your way. So we always talk about three simple ways. And I want to let everyone know there are a lot of things you can do to prepare you and your families for a disaster. Some things are out of our control or or we, we don't have the information yet, but there's three things that we talk about. The first is you want to build a kit, and that's your emergency supplies. You want to have prescription medicine, things that you would need, food and water. This year, you also want to make sure you have some some disposable gloves, some masks, some sanitation, some hand sanitizer. So that's what you want to add to now. There is a chance that some supplies will be harder to get. So this is a good time to start now seeing what you have and what you need to add to that kit. The next is to make a plan. And so when you talk about the plan, it's what are you going to do if something happens? Where's the information? Talk to your family now when it's not in a panic mode or you're in crisis of trying to make decisions. If you are going to be, if you need to evacuate, Start having conversations with friends or families who live in another area. See if if you can go stay with them, because we know that's going to be a better option, always a better option than staying in a shelter. And particularly Um, now with COVID. That's it. So how will the shelters be sure that people are safe? Yes. So here's what's happening right now. And there's been a lot of discussion with Department of Health and Human Services, FEMA, CDC, the county level, state level. The plan is one is if you do not need to evacuate, if you don't have the, a risk of storm surge, consider staying, having the supplies and staying in your home if that's safe. If you must leave, having that friend or family set up so that you can go there. Okay. The State is, and the counties, we're working with each one individually, each of the counties, to determine what does it look like. So we're using the word non-congregate sheltering, which is really possibly hotels or possibly dormitories. It is challenging, of course, for an evacuation pre-storm to stay in a shelter where everyone's together and stay and make sure you're staying safe. Right, and socially distanced. Socially distant, right. So here's what we do now. If there are those congregate-type sheltering, it's going to be you're bringing your own supplies, you're bringing a mat, you're going to be asked to bring your mask and your sanitizer. They will spread out as much as possible. So I think each of us can do ourselves a favor if we get prepared ready to make that decision of where we're going to go and make that decision now so that we can make the best decision. Okay. And then the third part, or was there more to the plan? Yeah, no. So the plan is really about 
where are you going to meet? If, if a disaster happens, it, like for the folks over in Collier, they closed 75, evacuated everywhere. Where's everybody going to meet? How are you going to know what to do? So have a place to meet. Make sure you're staying in touch with with folks, writing down phone numbers, because we, we all tend to remember or not remember numbers on our cell phone. Right. So keep a, keep that phone list. And, and, you know, think about what are you going to do with your pets? You know, do you have a plan for them? Are there pet-friendly hotels? Things like that. And the last is to be informed. This is a chance for you to, to pay attention to the weather, look at, you know, turning on notifications. There's, we have some Red Cross apps are all completely free, no ads, and they will give you exactly the information that you need. The county websites can help you determine if you're in an evacuation zone or if you do need to evacuate. So think of that, of, of looking at the information now before we're in that uh, hurricane warning. Okay. And the National Weather Service and National Hurricane Service obviously are information sites that we can count on, you know, and I bring it up because there's so much talk about what's real news and what's fake news. But when it comes to the weather, the weather is the weather and there's no spin. Well, (laughs) I, there are those who believe that the weather people do maybe enhance the excitement level a little bit, (laughs) but we can still look and track the storms and see where they're going. And we know they don't exaggerate the wind speed. They don't exaggerate the direction. So we are able to at least follow that and know that what we're getting is real information. Exactly. You want to you want to go to trusted sources and uh, the National Weather Service is a great, great uh, resource. Go to NOAA as well. And our local TV stations, too. You know, our weather people, our meteorologists are very educated in hurricane protocols, and they're really good at staying on top of things and making sure we know exactly when we should start planning. And, well, actually, we should start planning now. (laughs) But, but, But when we need to start putting up the shutters and that sort of thing. That's it. They're very knowledgeable, and they can be really specific to your area. And, and that's, that's a great idea. And so make sure they're familiar with, do they have their apps downloaded so that in their, and they're following them so they have a, a sense of what's coming. Okay. Now, usually, worst case scenario, when there is a storm and uh, people don't have power or water, whatever it is, you're able to distribute food and relief supplies. How will you be able to do that, again, with regards to the guidelines for safety for COVID? Right. So things are looking a little different. Even FPL is saying it's going to be a little more challenging to restore electricity uh, in the COVID environment. So the best things family can do is to have enough supplies to get them through several days, to have water, to have food, to have those supplies so they can take care of themselves. And those who can't or don't have access, that's who we can support. Okay. Um, But with technology and with our partners and with FEMA and the county and, and Salvation Army and all of our partners, we will come into the communities and we will help people get back on that road to recovery. 
But we also will have those challenges of we won't be able to bring in thousands and thousands of volunteers necessarily to help because of the, the challenges and the safety concerns. But we will be here. We will find a way because that's what Red Cross does. Now, with 90% of your organization being volunteer, do you need volunteers, particularly at this time of year? We do. I'm so glad you asked that. In fact, we've had a, a really nice surge of people interested in volunteering. And so please, you can even go to redcross.org and learn about this. We're having a lot of online and calls to explain what it means to be a Red Cross volunteer. That's how I got my start. Oh, Many wow. years ago in, in high school, I started as a Red Cross volunteer. From high school and... to chief executive officer. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And you actually do full training for volunteers. You teach them everything they need to know. Yes. So we will train. And there's so many different roles that volunteers play. There's those who, who, who work with shelters or work on disasters. It's those who help with the technology we have volunteers who help with public affairs um, for the different trainings that we have. And then when you're a Red Cross volunteer, you also have free access to our life-saving training, such as CPR and first aid. Uh, critical. And again, they will also be taught the importance and how to use the safety guidelines and incorporate the social distancing and all of that. Yes. In fact, we've rolled out over the last couple of months since COVID, we trained all of our, our volunteers on those new protocols. So pretty much you are there for everything we need, which right now includes in particular COVID relief and mental health assistance, preparation for hurricane season, how to incorporate the COVID preparation with the hurricane preparation, and then Hopefully we won't need it, but should we be hit by a hurricane and have damage, you will still be there with disaster relief, both in terms of supplies and financial aid and volunteers to help us. Yes, that's well said. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> did I cover everything? <laughs> you did. You okay. do good. <laughs> okay. And of course, to be able to continue to provide the services, we encourage donors um, is the best thing a financial donation or our supplies? Like you said, Southern Glazer Spirits was able to donate thousands and tens of thousands of masks. Do you need supplies on a grand scale like that? Or is it best to just donate money where you can use your economies of scale to get the best deal on things? Right. And so first, the donations of financial allows us to buy what we need, where we need it. Uh, if there's a disaster in a community, one of the things we can do is buy supplies in that community, help their economy get back going. Sometimes there are specific supplies we need. Uh, we do ask for them that they're donated in large quantities and wrap, but we do have specific needs. So let us know. We'd love to share more about that, about the needs. Uh, we also need folks donating blood. We always need folks donating blood. And so whether, you, whether you're, you're going to be traveling somewhere where they collect Red Cross blood or right here in South Florida, our partner uh, at One Blood. This is something that's a constant need for, for our country to have a safe blood supply. Right, and I understand that they have also, you know, changed up all of the protocols so that they can accept blood safely and that there's been an increase in blood donations 
and the need for blood donations now that elective surgeries are once again allowed. That's it, exactly. And it is safe. They've taken so many new protocols. Uh, So feel safe donating blood. And you could save up to three lives with, with one donation. Okay. Well, we all, if we all give, we all get, you know, it's one of those things where we can all come together. I know it sounds cliche. We've heard a lot of hashtag together, but that is the truth. When we come together as one community, one global community, we can do so much more positive work and support each other in a much stronger way. So again, the phone number is 1-800-RED-CROSS. The website redcross.org and you just put in your zip code so that you can get the local chapter with all of the local information and the reminders about how best to prepare for hurricane season which starts tomorrow is there anything else that we missed um no i just want to say a thank you to you and for taking the time and to our listeners and and to all the volunteers who make the red cross possible and thank you Chief Executive Officer of the Red Cross South Florida Region, Joanne Nowlin, I wish you an easy hurricane season. Thanks, Alan. And thank you for listening to Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. I'm Ellen Jaffe. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for an all-new edition of Easy's Community Focus. Have a great day. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.